Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go, find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do with Status Post Adulting. Hey, Status Post Adulting community. This is Sammy and Michelle. And you're listening to the 17th episode of Status Post Adulting, where we're going to be talking about the disadvantages of social media. But first, let me check in with my co-host, Michelle. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm doing well, Sammy. We are in the Carolinas, North Carolina and South Carolina this week on vacation with our family, which is really nice. We've been able to get some sun, go to the beach, and can enjoy all of the beautiful nature in both of these states. So I am doing really well. That's so true, Michelle. And I'm also doing well for the same reasons. And exciting news, I got to pay off my car while we were here. Yes, so I officially have no car note. We'll link to the song for that in our show notes. Five years ago, I decided to buy a car in Charleston, South Carolina, and it has been kind of difficult for me to pay it off while not being in the same city. So I was able to do that this week, which was super exciting. That is really exciting. And we love to celebrate financial milestones on this podcast. So I'm really happy that you have one less debt to think about. Thank you, Michelle. And now, moving on to our topic for today's episode, which is the downsides of social media. This is a topic, like all topics, me and Michelle are very passionate about. I would say this has made a huge impact in our life in the last two to three years. She means since we've deleted our social media. Exactly. Since we've reduced our social media, it has made a huge change in our lives. Sammy and I were thinking back to when we were first inspired to reduce and get rid of our social media applications, which really started when we went to Cologne, Germany for Carnival a couple years ago. Carnival is a super fun time. Everybody in the city dresses up, they're in the streets, dancing, singing. It was so much fun. And at one point, we were both in this bar that was filled with people, clearly pre-pandemic. It was filled with people and everybody was singing these old German songs and bobbing around and having such a good time. And Sammy and I both had the inclination to grab our phones and take a video and be able to share it to people. It was literally the most Instagrammable moment. Yeah, Michelle, it was such an Instagrammable moment that we both definitely reached for our phones. And that's when we both looked around and we noticed that not a single person in the bar had their phone out. Not a single person, which is kind of crazy when you think about that today. I honestly didn't even see a lot of people's phones on them. And I was like, how are they going to get back home? How will they survive in the 21st century? And after we had come back home and we were talking, we both talked about the fact that we didn't see anybody with their phone out. And we really appreciated that in Germany at that time, social media did not have such a large presence. Yeah, Sammy, we didn't realize how addicted to our phones we were. And I think that was the first time that I started to really pay attention to my social media usage. 
what I found was there was a lot of negatives of social media, which eventually led me to first try to reduce my usage of Instagram and Facebook. And then a few months later, I would end up deleting them. Like Michelle said, we started to realize these negative aspects of social media. And they're subtle things that affect our daily lives. Exactly, Sammy. And we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the negative things that we experienced before we deleted our social media and things that we've sort of seen over time now that we've had a few years off of those platforms. When I think back, Sammy, to what I first noticed with being one of the downsides of social media was that I was living for my next Instagram post instead of living in the moment. So if I went to an event, a concert, if I was hanging out with my friends, if we went to one of those Instagrammable museums, I saw everything within the lens of how can I take the perfect photo to get the most likes and the most attention and show that I'm living my best life instead of actually really truly enjoying the moment. Yeah, Michelle, I remember oftentimes I'd listen to the radio or listen to a song on the way to work and I would think, oh, you know, I have this event coming up this weekend. This would be such a cute caption for my photo or boomerang or video, whatever I was planning to post. That's funny, Sammy, because I think Drake even has a lyric in one of his songs that references ladies listening to his music to find the caption for their next photo. <laughs> and there were many a Drake quotes in my Instagram. <laughs> Waiting for the next album, Drake. It's funny too, Sammy, because what happens is that we're only seeing people's highlight reels. And even though I think a lot of people know that subconsciously, it still really affects you because you are just seeing everybody happy, living their best life. And you're thinking to yourself, well, should I do those things? Is this what's really fun? I'm not doing as much as so-and-so. And that's just not good for your mental health. Yeah, Michelle. And a lot of times, some of the most enjoyable things are not cute on Instagram. Like me sitting with my coffee and reading a book for hours. It's not an exciting Instagram post to post every day, even though that's something I really like to do. So true, Sammy. And once I got off Instagram, I had zero interest in going to those Instagrammable museums. Because they're actually not that fun if you're not there to take photos for your Instagram. They're not really educational. The art's okay. The art's very kitschy. Kitschy's not necessarily a bad thing, Sammy. For some. The other thing, too, with social media is that it takes up way too much time. I noticed that for me, I would go on to see, in theory, updates from my friends and see what my connections were up to. But in reality, I would spend 30 minutes, an hour plus, watching the same Kardashian videos over and over and over again. Things that I would get maybe a minor laugh from, but really wasn't how I wanted to spend my time. The truth is, when you think about it, it's not just about an individual not having self-control. These social media companies also want us to spend as much time as possible on their apps. Exactly, Michelle. They make their profit off of advertisers. For advertisers, they need as many people as possible to be on the apps. So a lot of the different tools that they use to keep people on apps are deliberately addictive. And so we get on there and we're like, hey, how did I spend so much time watching these Kim Kardashian or cat reels? And the truth is, it's not an accident. You know, they want to keep you on there for as long as possible. It's so true, Sammy. And since we've gone off social media, there's been a lot of documentaries like The Social Dilemma, podcasts like Your Undivided Attention, works by people who came from the tech industry, from these companies who come out and say, hey, I invented the infinite scroll and now I realize how terrible that was. 
And the thing is, is that they really are creating social media feeds that are meant to mimic things like slot machines. They're meant to keep going on forever. And every now and then you get a little hit where you might laugh at a meme or see something that you think is interesting for every 50 that you're scrolling through. And so it's teaching you that even though you're going through all this boring scrolling, at some point, maybe you'll get a little bit of a high when you see something that is mildly entertaining. Something I even noticed personally when I was trying to just control my usage and I was just deleting the app from my phone and doing little things like that is that it's it's hard. It really is addictive. I felt even the first month after deleting my social media that I wanted to pick up my phone or I would notice that my my fingers would want to scroll, weird things like that. And at the end of the day, it's you against a supercomputer. They have these computers that collect all of this data on you. They do a little test constantly to see, okay, do you like this better? Do you not like this? Like the amount of things they know about us is a little insane. Like they know your five big personality types. They know if you're neurotic. They know how to keep tweaking the application so that you do want to stay on longer and longer and longer. That's so true, Michelle. And another thing is that just prevents us from developing our attention span. Over time, we're so used to always having something to distract us when we're in line, when we're waiting for things, and we really lack this ability to just sit for long periods and be quiet and be bored. Yeah, Sammy, the other day I saw someone driving and looking at their Instagram at the same time, which not only is not safe, but also I he was just scrolling through his Instagram. I'm like, there's no way that that's actually that much more interesting than you're driving safely. <laughs> but the truth is, is that anytime we have any moment, whether it's complete downtime or we're just doing something we think is a little mundane, we grab for our phones. It's so true, Michelle. In this book that I just read called The Distracted Mind, they talk about top-down processing versus bottom-up processing. That refers to where our attention goes. For example, bottom-up processing is like, you know, notifications, things coming in that make us then focus on that thing. If we're an animal and we hear a predator, then we go listen to that predator. If we're a human in today's society and our phone bings, then we go pick up our phone to look at what it's showing. Versus top-down processing is us coming up with a plan to reach a goal and then creating steps and then choosing to follow those steps to reach our goal. And in the book, he talks about how with social media, humans, which were previously one of the most top-down species, is now becoming increasingly bottom-up. So instead of becoming the beautiful species that we are that creates plans and then enacts those plans, we're now becoming a species that's responding to emails, texts, Instagram posts, likes, anything coming in that tells us, hey, put your attention here instead of us deciding, hey, I'm going to put my attention in this place to get me to my goal. Taking that one step further, Sammy, it's not hard to see how people who are able to take advantage of thinking in a top-down way will have more success because they're going to be able to think of ideas, they'll be able to create a plan, implement those plans, and ideally move our society forward versus if we continue to be just responding to whatever new validation method that, that Facebook or Google or TikTok invented, we're going to become less and less in control of our next moment and our next day and our next month and our next year. That's right, Michelle. And I think that's why a lot of people say attention is the new currency. 
as we as humans become increasingly susceptible to these technologies, the people who have learned to rise above these technologies and have taken ownership over their own attention, they're going to be the ones who affect change in our new world. One of the biggest signs of that to me, Sammy, is that so many of these inventors like say Steve Jobs or some of the people who are early in the social media companies, they themselves don't have accounts and they themselves don't allow their children to have access to these technologies, which just shows if you make something and it makes millions of dollars and then you don't let your own family use it, that shows that they know the negative impact of spending so much time and energy on social media. With all of these negative and addictive aspects of social media, Michelle, how do we become the chess player and not the pawn? Such a good question, Sammy. And one I feel like I'm constantly thinking about and reevaluating, especially since we've been off social media for so long. And also because recently we created an Instagram account for our work page. So trying to find that balance of marketing and engaging with our followers versus not spending so much time online has been definitely a bit of a challenge. For me, when it came to my personal social media accounts, I had to go cold turkey. I told myself that I would deactivate my accounts for 30 days and just see if it made an impact on my life. I was surprised to see how addicted I was, even when I didn't think I had that big of a problem, to how now I don't even really have the patience to scroll through things like Instagram. I'm surprised when I go to things like concerts and I see everybody has their phone out and I'm just able to appreciate being able to enjoy the present moment a little bit more. Whereas Michelle completely deleted all her social media accounts, I did it a little bit differently. For me, one big thing was my Facebook groups. I have a lot of financial independence groups that I'm part of that I really enjoy. But at the same time, I did not want to be on social media all the time. So I did delete my Instagram But when it came to Facebook, what I did to take away the addictive nature is I removed every single person from my newsfeed. So literally when I go to Facebook, the newsfeed either has nothing or it shows an advertisement which is much less addictive than the typical newsfeed. But at the same time, I'm still able to view my Facebook groups to see when meetings are and to see what's going on with the community. That's a good point, Sammy, because a lot of people I talk to, some people agree and they feel like going cold turkey is the best course of action for them. But when Facebook and these different social media platforms originally came out, the intention was to be able to connect people and to foster better relationships. So if you're like Sammy and you have certain groups and stuff that you are a part of, there are ways to make the applications less addictive without having to go complete cold turkey. That's right, Michelle. And another big thing for me was turning off my notifications on my phone. I realized I don't need a notification every time an email or a text comes through. And in the beginning, that was actually kind of hard for me to do because I felt this anxiety of like, what if an important text comes through and I don't see it? But I realized people can call me. Like if it's something urgent, people can always call me. So there's no reason I need my phone to tell me where my attention should go. That's so true, Sammy. One thing I definitely learned was you will find out the information that you need to find out. And also, nobody cares about you as much as you care about yourself. When I deleted my Instagram, I was prepared to hear from everybody about how I was off social media and nobody noticed. Honestly, I still have people today who will say, hey, 
I meant to tag you in something, but I couldn't find you on Instagram. So the truth is, is that you think you're putting a lot of time and effort into these photos and stories, and people care much more about their own posts and stories than they do about yours. And now, the nice thing too, is now my friends will just send me photos, they'll text me photos of their vacations, their babies, their weddings, whatever it is. That's so true, Michelle. I definitely find myself getting on phone calls with my friends more often now because I'm not getting that mild but unsatisfying feeling of connection from things like social media or text. Now I actually connect with my friends. If the lockdown showed us anything, Sammy, it was that we're able to hop on Zoom meetings and such with our family members and our close friends. It's so true, Michelle. And one thing with getting rid of your social media is it it's not something that happens in one day. It took many years for us to become addicted to this technology and it will take time to remove the addiction as well. I remember it was just two days ago that I had been awake for like three or four hours and I realized I hadn't even looked at my phone or taken it off the charger. And for me, that was a huge win. You know, I know in the past there was no way I would wake up without looking at my phone or at least looking at it while I was in the bathroom. Just knowing that I was much less dependent to the point where I could go many hours without realizing that I checked my phone was a huge win. I completely agree, Sammy. And the one positive side effect that I didn't anticipate when it came to cutting down my time on social media and really getting rid of it was enjoying some of the downtime or even boredom that would occasionally come with not being on social media. Having time to sit and think or look up things that I was interested in, just being very intentional about my time. I really think that I made major changes in my life after I got rid of social media because I was finally able to pay attention to my needs and pay attention to what was important to me. And that allowed me to realize that there were certain things in my life that I wanted to change. Before that, I was so used to using every down moment to just numb my brain with constant images of... Instagram and Facebook, and I didn't expect to enjoy the downtime as much as I have been. I completely agree, Michelle. I do find that now that I'm not on social media, that boredom time is when a lot of insights will come to me. A lot of times I'll be drinking coffee and I'm just sitting there, nothing interesting is happening, and then my a great idea will pop up into my mind. And I know that had I not had that free time, that idea would never come. We have to make space in our life for the insights and to align with our intentions. Anyway, follow us on Instagram at status post adulting. <laughs> Just kidding. If you delete your Instagram and you don't follow us, we will be more than pleased. And luckily, you can also email us statuspostadulting at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening today. We appreciate all of the kind words and comments. Shout out to our listener, Josina, who knows our whole theme song front to back. We love to hear it. And be sure to join us next time as we put down the rule book and rethink the status quo. 